1: Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on The Horn.
0: Welcome back to the sports complex on a Thursday afternoon on the show. Today, we will get into all the NBA trade deadline action, what it means for the teams in Texas, what it means around the league, who made some good trades, who made some bad trades, who cleared some cap space. All of that we will get into. I uh, will also talk some NFL and Super Bowl Cowboys. Uh, something I wanted to bring up yesterday, didn't have time to. Maybe we'll bring this up about the Cowboys and their defensive coach search that doesn't bode well for the Cowboys, but maybe it's just a little sidestep in the middle. Uh, Patrick's Big Fat Poll today, and of course, we'll get to some more sound from Sark from yesterday. There was so much of it. Uh, I thought we could play some more today, talk some more about Texas uh, and what comes up in the fu- future for the Texas Longhorns football team. We'll get to all of that, and of course... Your text messages here on the show today, 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776 is the text line number, you guys drive the show, I just try to keep it on the rails, so I would uh, love to hear from you guys today on the show and talk to you. Uh, I've been up since 5 o'clock this morning. I am not a rise and grind guy. That is not who I want to be. Uh, but I was helping out with the morning show morning this morning because uh, just situation arose where everyone else who normally uh, handles that kind of thing and handles you know business behind the, the scenes and and Ty and, and Brock and the guys who handled the morning show were all unavailable and the, their backups behind that were unavailable and so so, uh, the team player I am, the glue guy I am for this company and for this radio station, uh, you know, I get to hang out with Rob Babers and Aaron Hogan. It's not the worst job in the world. So, I've been uh, been going since, uh, since like 5 o'clock this morning. So, I'm a little tired. So, if I slur a little bit or, or stumble over my words, I apologize. Uh, but I'm not used to talking this much and, and using this much of my brain uh, in a day. I try not to. That's why I work in radio, to try not to work harder. Uh, It's to stare at people who work very hard at their sports and then tell them they're doing a bad job. That is why I do what I do is to be judgy from a distance without having to put in any real work. But, I don't I, believe me, I'm not complaining because I know we have a lot of cool people on the tech line and people who have served and first responders and all of those people and people who work harder jobs than I have, and I don't want to complain because uh, I get to do this and hang out with you guys on the text line and, and the listeners. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, but just that is where I'm at. I took a five-hour energy like an hour ago, so I'm ready to go. I'm hoping that gets me through. We get, we're pumped up and we get through this and then the other work I got to get done when I get home tonight. Uh, but it, it is a trade deadline Thursday. There was a lot of action this morning. It slowed down a little bit, but trades were uh, done. Not, a, not any big, huge trades, I don't think. Uh, but there were trades. Uh, there were trades that matter. There's trades that could help out some teams, but uh, I don't think we saw the big superstar trade. We probably weren't going to. No one really blew up their team. No one really went... Uh, all in. Dallas kind of went, they went all in for what they could do. They pushed it hard. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, they, they went hard at it, but the Lakers stayed out of it. They're waiting until uh, the off season. The Cavs were, are kind of in a weird place. They're kind of waiting for the off season. The Raptors went a little bit harder at clearing some space, but didn't go full all in still have Bruce Brown on their team. Some of the guys that were rumored to be moved, Uh, We're not moved. The Warriors make a very small trade. Don't go big at the trade deadline. A lot of people realize that the prices weren't exactly right, so they did not make a big move, but plenty, plenty of trades. I think I have about 10 or 15 moves uh, to talk about today, and uh, there were a few more than that, but it's when we start to get into people where I just have to pronounce names uh, poorly, and uh, they're, they're not huge deals, so we won't necessarily talk about everything, but we will get into the NBA trades. Uh, and if you have any trade you your favorite or one that you wanted to see, make sure to hit those up on the text line. But yes, uh, fun day today, uh, hanging out with you all day long, ready to go uh, for a couple hours here on the Sports Complex. But I love you guys on the text line. Keep it coming today so we can keep the conversation going. and It'll keep me awake and keep me wanting to go talk to you guys. Uh, let's talk some NBA, though. Uh, before we get to the trade deadline, We don't. we're not going to talk much college basketball today. Uh, normally we start off with that, but there was no Big 12 games last night, so we don't really have much to talk about. We could talk If you guys want to talk about it on the text line, feel free to text it in, and we'll talk about it. But there was no games last night, uh, and we're, we'll talk about the games on Saturday tomorrow. So I thought, let's go with that. It's trade deadline day. We'll go right into the NBA. Give that a little bit more time today, and then try and stick some Super Bowl in there and some more sound with Sark in the 5 o'clock as well. Uh, but we did see the Spurs lose to the Heat last night, one sixteen to one hundred four. It was another decent game for the Spurs. They hung with the Heat through three quarters, were right with them, and then lose the uh, fourth quarter, thirty eight to twenty seven. Jimmy Butler started to turn it on a little bit more. Uh, the, the you know t- the Spurs seemed like they were just not able to get the calls or anything. Like they were just fouling. I don't want to say they weren't getting calls. They were fouling or trying to stay off. They just young team didn't know how to play against a, a savvy veteran like Jimmy Butler who knew how to get to the paint and either draw a contact or or get the shot off. He was able to do that. He ends up with a triple-double, 17-11-11. Uh, Victor Womenyama has another good game, 18 points, 13 rebounds. One of his better shooting games, probably could have shot some more, passed up on some open shots to try and take the next best you know, pass and find the next guy. Uh, I think because he hadn't necessarily been shooting great, he kind of was holding off on some of those shots. But he was shooting well enough that you've got to kind of put those up. Uh, so, but a good game for the Spurs. It starts off the rodeo road trip. They do get the loss wins and losses are not huge for the Spurs right now. You want to keep seeing the progress with this young team. You want to see the young players that you're developing to get to that next level, to see who you can build around, uh, when you get into this off season where the Spurs will have some cap room, they will have some assets to trade and can kind of accelerate into what the Rockets are doing this year, where the Rockets look like a a better and better team as the season's going along. That's kind of where you want to be at the Spurs is where you can plan for next season, and that's finding those players who you'll be able to get into. We can talk a little bit more about that in the trade deadline part of it too. Uh, the Spurs tonight, back-to-back there in Orlando, a fun matchup because it's two young teams. You get to see Paolo Bancaro versus Wimby, and those are both two young players from the last two couple draft classes, both number one overall picks, both doing really well. Uh, so it's a fun matchup. Uh, Wimby versus Bam Adebayo was good last night. Uh, Bam had a pretty good game against Wimby. Uh, Tyler Hero was actually the leading scorer for the Heat, uh, but you get to see Ben Carroll versus Wimby tonight. That's a fun one. I mean, basically, these Wimby matchups every night are pretty fun to watch just because it's such a different you know player. You're just not used to seeing someone that can do what he does, so they're fun every night. Uh, you get the Wagner brothers that are out there as well. Uh, should be a fun matchup tonight for the Spurs. Uh, second game of the Rodeo Road Trip. Uh, next weekend is All-Star Weekend, so they are building up into that uh Wimby will be part of the rookie challenge he'll be part of the skills challenge uh Jeremy Sohan today got picked up as a the alternate uh going in for a a hurt player he will be in the rookie sophomore challenge as well uh but we'll see the Spurs magic tonight the Mavericks take on the Knicks tonight it is a game that could be uh you know the the Mavs versus the team they should have kept to not have to deal with what they're dealing with right now in the uh, trades and trying to fix everything because they just didn't offer the contract that Jalen Brunson wanted a year or two ago and they couldn't get that signed and they end up now uh, playing against him. They are three and a half point favorites because the Knicks are very beat up. OG Anunoby, the guy they traded for for the Raptors, he is out tonight. Julius Randle has been out is out for a few weeks, so he will be out tonight. Jalen Brunson is a game time decision. D- Luka Doncic is a game time decision. Kyrie Irving is a game time decision. It's on TNT, so you would assume Brunson, Doncic, and Irving they will really urge them to play in this game, uh, and you know their sponsors will want him to play too, so they'll probably all uh, suit up and play in this game. But you know you're gonna see Doncic versus Brunson. And the, you know, Mavs fans get to wonder what if, what if we just had paid Brunson and he'd still be a Mav and we could have kept him and had him on probably the best contract in the NBA with how he's playing right now. Uh, If he would have signed that contract, that extension uh, before they let it go to another season and let him go to free agency. But you can't go what ifs and you can't go back. So you have to go with what the Mavs did today. Uh, Rockets are off tonight, by the way. The Rockets were off in the trade deadline as well. Did not go for it as much in the trade deadline as they made no moves today. They made the Steven Adams trade a couple days ago, uh, which is not a bad trade, giving up Victor Oladipo, who was cut today uh, by the uh, by the Grizzlies. However, they get Steven Adams. He's out for the season. He won't play this season, but they're doing pretty well. They had a game the other night. Um, Amin Thompson was in the starting lineup. They're, they're, the Rockets were in a weird place where... You basically have five guys that you want to get a lot of time to. And then Tari Eason and Cam Whitmore you want to get time to. So if you have seven guys on your roster that you really need to get some time to, you don't necessarily – it's hard to make a trade unless it is a really big trade and you're giving up one of those pieces in it to upgrade a lot. And I don't think they were quite ready to give up Jalen Green. Uh, I know they didn't want to give up Jabari Smith, so you'd have to give up Jalen Green uh, Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Fleet, probably not guys with their contracts that anybody was going to go after. Uh, you know, and you don't want to go up Amon Thompson because you just picked him in the draft. So really Jalen Green and maybe uh, Cam Whitmore, I don't think they wanted to go up Tar Eason or Cam Whitmore really either. So Jalen Green was the only guy that we really could, uh, you could really put on there. Shingoon's playing well. It's, you're not going to give him up. So the Rockets were in a place where they're in a good place because they're going forward. They have a lot of young talent on this team. Uh, however, they weren't quite ready to, you know, they're not ready to flip the switch and and make a big trade and try and upgrade by giving up one of their young pieces. Also, Jalen Green's been playing a lot better in the last couple of weeks once his name's dropped into those trade rumors. He picked it up. Uh, so they decided to stand Pat, not try and shake the boat, try and go get somebody else. They could have used another low pro uh, threat. I bet they talked to the Bulls about Andre Drummond. He does not get moved. Uh, a lot of teams were looking at Andre Drummond. I think the price was just too high at the end of the day. Uh, they were probably offering a second, maybe two seconds, and I don't know if they went a first for him or three seconds or a player in that trade. Uh, but the Bulls do not move Andre Drummond, and that means that the Rockets, who was a team that may be going for him, and uh, you know I know it was a team that the Mavs looked at. They get another guy. Uh, a couple trades that happened though, as we start to go down the list, uh, the Pacers do get move Buddy Healed. He seemed like he was always in trade rumors. He, you know they've. Uh, he was in trade rumors, but the last time his contract was expiring, he got an extension and stayed with the Pacers. He now gets traded to the 76ers, who are going to be active today. We knew they'd be active because of the Joel Embiid injury. They want to stay in the race. They want to be there. They feel Joel Embiid will be back by the playoffs, and they have a good shot because they think he'll be back and rested and ready to go and healthy in the playoffs, so they want to make some moves to stay relevant and ready for him to come back in that playoff race, and they feel like compete. Uh, but they so they add shooting with Buddy Hield, they give up uh, Marcus Morris and uh, and a co- another player that is another expiring contract and three second round picks to end up with Buddy Hield. Basically, everybody in this trade is an expiring contract, but Buddy Hield now they have his bird rights. They can try and re-sign. Uh, Buddy Heald if they want to keep him and add him to the roster. The 76ers are not quite in the same space as the Pacers where they're, now that they got Pascal Siakam, they just don't have the same amount of money to go out and spend in free agency. They're going to have to re-sign Pascal Siakam and that's where the Buddy Heald uh, trade kind of comes in a little bit more important. You can't re-sign him so you don't want to just lose him in free agency. Three second round picks are a little bit better than that. Uh, by the way, if you don't know, I'll say this now because I'm going to say the word bird rights and expiring contract a lot in this. Expiring contract just means the guy will be a free agent at the end. The team who's getting him or trading him is giving up something where it's cap space. So a lot of times, a lot of these expiring contracts will turn into cap space or you have to re-sign them, uh, but that's why the value may be different. And Bird rights were basically invented uh, when they invented the salary cap. The Celtics uh, were coming up against it, and they had all these superstars. And it was when Larry Bird's first contract came up. And they went to the NBA and said, hey, guys, our best player, we can't re-sign him under the rules because you made a new salary cap before we had, like, managed our roster. So you have to make a rule that if we have a star player, we have a guy that's been on our roster, we can keep him. And so Bird Right means you can sign a player that has been, has given, I believe, three years of service to your team uh, or another team, but has been on the same contract for three years. You can keep them and re-sign them. Uh, and go over the cap to do it. So that is what Buddy healed he will be carried over to the 76ers. The 76ers also give up Daniel House and a second round pick to the Pistons. The reason they do that is to open up a roster spot, open up a little bit more cap room and that gives them a spot uh, a chance to sign somebody in the uh, buyout market. They're apparently looking at Kyle Lowry a lot. Spencer did when he was going to get interest from several teams is also on that list, but you know, we don't know everyone who will be bought out. The 76ers are going to be looking into that buyout market to get one or two guys to add to this roster of veterans to try and compete in the playoffs. Uh, we can also look at the jazz trading Kelly Olenek and Oche Abaji to the Raptors for Kira Lewis and Otto Porter and a first round pick. The jazz basically, I, I don't know why the Raptors do this trade that much. Uh, unless they really liked Ocha Abaji I don't know why you put a first in this uh Kelly Olenek's contract is expiring the jazz were probably not gonna keep him I doubt the Raptors will keep him either uh Kira Lewis is also not a you know playing a, a ton Otto Porter's is expiring contract so you didn't ditch his salary so much I don't really get this trade it feels like Danny age won another one with the Raptors here uh, I don't I don't get this one as much maybe if Ocha Abaji remember him from the can uh, from the Jayhawks not that long ago uh maybe he they really like him but i don't know why you put a first in this trade this feels like it should have been a second but that is what the uh the the jazz get and danny ainge as far as i'm concerned wins another one there uh a guy that would have been a big trade asset a few years ago not so much now the hornets trade gordon hayward to the thunder for trey Mann, uh michich and davis bertans uh that is uh basically a trade where the Thunder are trying to get rid of some guys they're going to need to shorten up their roster they have a lot of talent on that roster you got to get rid of some guys and upgrade those also Gordon Hayward is an expiring contract you get to test him out before the free agency uh, but open up some cap room open up some uh, spots on your roster for some other guys that you may feel can compete at a higher level they've drafted pretty well there in, uh, in Oklahoma City and so, if, if Gordon Hayward works out, you have his bird rights now. You can bring him back on a smaller contract than what he's making now, if you agree to that, and have him be part of this rotation and help out. Uh, I, I, good trade for the for the uh, the Thunder on this one. The Hornets just trying to get out of that contract, bring in some young people that maybe they can try out. Uh, Trey Mann and Mićic are both not on big contracts, under contract for another year or two, under club control at least, and uh, Otto Porter. Uh, or sorry, uh, Davis Bertans. He's on that last year of a contract. He has an early termination option, which basically means he—it's a player option. Where, but it's not a player option because it's there's no—he can basically get out of his contract and become an unrestricted free agent a year early. But it's his option to do it. I who that contract he got from Washington. I—it's I, a bad trade. It was a bad contract. But up, uh, he'll be at the Hornets. He'll—they'll have to keep him for another year. It's okay. They're not going to be great next year either. So they'll—they'll they'll take that trade. Uh, the Knicks add Bogon, uh, Bojan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks to their team from the Pistons. Give up some pieces of that. Uh, some young guys to the Pistons they can try out. And Evan Fournier, which is a salary dump, he is an expiring contract as well. Two second-round picks in there. But the uh, the the Knicks add some shooting and some uh, guard play there with Bojan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks. The Raptors trade Dennis Schroeder and Thad Young to the Nets for Spencer Didwitty, who the Raptors then uh, cut immediately or release immediately. Uh, They're getting rid of him. This was a salary dump by the Raptors, getting rid of guys. Dennis Schroeder and Thad Young both had years left on their contract, so they're ditching him for Spencer Didwitty, who was an expiring, once again, expiring contract. Get rid of him. Start the rebuild in Toronto once you got rid of Pascal Siakam and you got rid of uh, OG and Anubi. You're in the rebuild. You have Scotty Barnes, who's a real good player, uh, but you need to kind of accelerate that rebuild, and uh, that's what they're looking to do. Uh, the 76ers didn't trade Patrick Beverly away. Apparently, I don't know what the deal was with that. Maybe he doesn't get along. I, it seemed like it was going well there, uh, but they go ahead and ditch him off for a second round pick in campaign. I don't think uh, Cameron Payne is going to be a huge impact player for the 76ers, but Patrick Beverly ends on his seventh team now, I believe, seventh team with the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll see how that relationship goes. The Bucks get a little bit more intensity. They get some more playoff toughness. We'll see how his relationship with Doc Rivers and Giannis and uh and Dame Lillard goes. I don't know if that's necessarily the place I would have put him, but maybe it'll work out. We'll see. Patrick Beverly does get along with a lot of guys in the locker room. He gets he doesn't the people on the other side don't like him, but he gets along with the guys in the locker room. Uh the Suns also were able to pick up Royce O'Neill and David Roddy in a three-team trade. Uh some good other pieces. They gave him some of the guys they signed for minimum contracts throughout this year. Uh, Then the offseason, they add some more pieces to give some uh, depth and experience for a playoff run. Good trade for them. The Warriors trade Corey Joseph in some cash to the Pacers for a second-round pick. I didn't realize how much Pacers fans blame Corey Joseph for all of their failures. It seems crazy, Uh, but they trade Corey Joseph. He gets waived by the Pacers. So Former Longhorn Corey Joseph getting to the end of his career in the NBA, but he is no longer the Warriors. Uh, he is now a free agent, could be picked up by someone for a playoff run if they want to do that. Uh, and then let's talk about the teams in Texas. Uh, we'll first start off with the Spurs. The Spurs trade Doug McDermott to the Pacers for Marcus Morris in a second. Uh, the theory is that Marcus Morris will be waived. He is not very liked in uh, San Antonio because he was a player that I believe it was a 2019 offseason, uh, made a deal to come to, the, to San Antonio, agreed to a contract, and then because the Spurs had to wait to make other moves before they could sign him, he then backed out of the deal after they had traded Davis Bertons to Washington to open up the space for him to come in. He backed out of it and went somewhere else. Spurs fans were like, we traded a player to get you, and then you backed out. You kind of screwed us. So he is not liked. He's been booed in that town for several years. He's likely never going to play in a Spurs uniform. They're going to waive him. The thought is that they may be looking to you know, get Doug McDermott uh a chance to go play on a team that has some playoff hopes and let him get playing time as they let some of the younger guys on the team get a few more minutes uh on San Antonio, figure out some guys in the rotation, and it also opens up a roster spot because there was news today, and this is just speculation uh that this may be someone they're interested in, but Killian Hayes uh, he's a seventh-round pick in 2020, got cut today from the Pistons as they were making room for all of their moves. And uh, there's thoughts that he is he is from France as well. His dad was an American basketball player, but he's from France. Uh, there may be thoughts that maybe the Spurs might want to take a shot at going out and getting him and bringing him in at 25 years old, point guard, maybe see how he works with winby and just give it a flyer for the end of the season with Killian Hayes. Or they could be looking somewhere else, but give another younger guy a shot to get some minutes uh, with Doug McDermott. Uh, not necessarily being the guy right now uh, for Texas or for 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 San Antonio. You know, you you want to give the younger guys credit because you're trying to figure out what your plan is going to be this offseason. And then the big news uh, in Dallas: Dallas goes as far in as they could. They leverage a lot of their future. They give up the first round, the only first round pick they could trade. They also have to go and make a swap with Oklahoma City where they swap picks with Oklahoma City in, I believe, 2028 to get Oklahoma City's 2024 pick. Oklahoma City's betting they'll be pretty good and Dallas may not be in 2028. They're taking that wager, giving up their pick in 2024. I'm sure it's protected. Uh, But they're making that switch, which they could send off uh, to get two trades done. Uh, First, they make a trade where they uh, they acquire Daniel Gafford from the Wizards. Uh, Big man basically a ton of potential in Daniel Gafford. He gives the Mavs something they need, which is someone who can play around the basket, a good rebounder, a tough guy. He can play defense. He can bump around for you in there. He's not a great scorer away from the basket, but can score underneath the basket, can block shots, can rebound the ball, give you some toughness that they really needed. 6'10 guy, uh, a good pickup for them. They had to give up a first, it ends up, uh, but it wasn't theirs. It was part of that Oklahoma City trade is what they do to get Daniel Gafford in there. And then they also make a trade with the Hornets uh, trading uh, Grant Williams and Seth Curry. And then the other first they had for P.J. Washington, another young player uh, that, you know, the Hornets were probably not going to re-sign. He's a good young player. Uh, but again, he's not necessarily the defensive threat that he needs to be right now, but a long player, good offensive around the rim, a good scorer, so offers a lot of different uh, possibilities and youth that could grow up after the Grant Williams, which was didn't work out the way they wanted it to, uh, they move on from that mistake or whatever they felt was a mistake and go pick up P.J. Washington to add to this Dallas team to try and give Luka a better shot to go for a title because when you have a guy like Luka, the same thing we've seen in Milwaukee this season is that Milwaukee is you know trying to do whatever they can do to keep Giannis from going to New York or going wherever else, so they keep trying to make these big trades. That's what Dallas is doing. You also throw in the fact that Mark Cuban's no longer the main owner, but I think him and the staff that he's running – Understand that if they are not competitive, the new ownership could kind of break the Mark Cuban's running everything rule pretty quickly and say, "You guys are out. You guys are losing. You're not getting there." And and we're going to reset and do what we want to do and bring in more of our people. Uh, but as for right now, they make a couple of trades to to address some things they need. They're also going to be in that buyout marker. Spencer Didwitty, who was part of the Kyrie Irving trade, has played with Dallas before. They're going to be seeking him uh, after he is released. Uh, but the Lakers and 76ers are also also uh be in talks to try and go get Spencer Didwitty. Not a bad day for the Mavs. You had to give up a lot to get where you got, but if you really said this is it, we're trying to go for it, you know, our window we feel with Luka, we need to be competing for titles, and we've been treading water around the bottom of the, the Western conference or the bottom of the playoffs of the Western conference a six to eight seed. We need to be getting into that top four where the top four teams in the West right now are all tied. We want to be in that group of guys, uh, and they feel they can get there in a little bit when you know what Luka can do and how good he is. So try to add a couple pieces, add another big man down to help out. Derek Lively's been hurt, but when he comes back, you add a couple young bigs that you can play at center and rotate them. You add P.J. Washington that gives you some size, and hopefully you can get him to be at least a little bit of a rim protector with his size and athleticism add him offensively as well rebounding uh make it so Luka Doncic doesn't have to be the 28 rebound or 18 rebound guy that he was the other night uh I, I i i'm not against what they did i think they probably overspent but that's what happens when you are desperate that is what happens for the mavs and the rockets stand pat probably the best decision for them as well uh, everyone in texas didn't do that bad uh i don't know what the raptors were doing with the Utah trade, I'm, you know, the Pistons are just trying to figure out what they can do. They had way too many point guards on the roster. They're trying to clear that up, but they're such a dumpster fire right now. Uh, they're trying to figure out what's going on in there. Uh, no one really made a terrible, terrible trade. Uh, some were not great, but I think everyone came out okay uh, out of this trade deadline. We didn't see the big swing and miss yet, but we don't know what's going to happen uh, with the Mavs. PJ Washington and Gafford are both guys that have been inconsistent, and depending on what they do with Jason Kidd and Luka and Kyrie, those both could be misses or they could be big hits. And only time will tell with both of those guys. All right, that's enough of that right now. If you want to talk more or have your opinions or rated grades uh, for these uh, for these trades, send those in on the text line, 512-447-3776, and let's get to Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the horn. All right, Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day today on the text line. We want you to talk about some Texas football. Uh, We're going to play you somewhere close to that recruiting uh, signing day. That was uh, all yesterday. Sark spoke to me for 45 minutes. We only got to play about 5 to 10 minutes of it yesterday, so we'll play another 5 to 10 minutes uh, in the 5 o'clock today to talk about that. But we do have a freshman class for the Longhorns with some really good players. We asked you this question last year, too. Uh, We were trying to figure out which player – we thought was going to be the biggest impact freshman. And so with the new freshman class that is now set, that everybody has signed from early signing day and now signing day, we know who the freshmen coming in next season are going to be. There still could be some transfers. We're not talking about that. But the question is, which Longhorn freshman will make the biggest impact next season? You'd be Colin Simmons coming off the edge, Ryan Wingo at wide receiver. We're not sure what that wide receiver rotation is going to be with a lot of new guys, transfers. Sophomore is coming in. Does he break the rotation and get in there early? Does he does he work out in kickoffs? Brandon Baker, is he getting that offensive line and start playing and, and just you know has like a Kelvin Banks year in his first year? Kobe Black, that secondary needs some help. Uh, Xavier Filsimi, another guy they need some help for in that secondary. Do those guys come up big for Texas in the secondary when they're rebuilding that and play a lot their freshman season? Does Jarrett Gibson come in and in a running back room where you know you have some guys that are C.J. Baxter and Jaden Blue that you expect to run pretty well next season, but you never know injuries could happen and and you know playing time could could move around. Does Jarrett Gibson get in there? Jordan Washington, the young tight end. A lot of people think he's not quite ready to make a big step next year, but we know the tight end position without J.T. Sanders, uh, they've got the transfer coming in as well. But Jared, uh, Jordan Washington, those are just some names. You could have another one on there that you think will be a big impact next season. But what class of 2024 uh, recruit coming in as a freshman for Texas do you think will have the biggest impact his freshman year for Texas next season? Let us know on the text line 512-447-3776. When we come back, uh, we'll get into a replay from Ian B this morning. Get to your text messages and keep it rolling right along here on the Sports uh, Complex here on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.
1: Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons only on The Horn.
2: Tonight.
0: Back on Sports Complex here on the Horn. Musical theme of the week. People who have played the Super Bowl halftime show. Chan, I saw you ask who I was doing this morning. Super Bowl halftime show performers. They never got it. They they didn't pick up on it. They were, you know, they were in the we other world moment. But I had had songs already picked out for that. So I did on the morning show this morning, too. Uh, So, yes, we have uh, all of that here on the Sports Complex Some good songs there. Bruno Mars actually did a good, he was one that I was not excited to see and then had a really good performance. And Red Hot Chili Peppers came out. It was very nice. It was good times. Uh, Why don't we get to uh, uh, some sound from Hook'em Out with Ian Robbie this morning. I was in with him and uh, doing it, so I'm a little loopy uh, from being on all day, working all day. But the good news is uh, they had some good stuff to talk about behind the burnt orange curtain. Rob Babers taking you back. Uh, behind the BOC. Some good stuff there. We'll give you that on a hook 'em up replay here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com is where you listen to us all the time and you listen to the, the hook em up replay right now on the Sports Complex.
3: All right, Sark had a media availability yesterday. It was a damn good one, actually. I mean, I don't know if that was a topic discussed. <laughs> Uh, yesterday where he didn't go into great detail about whether it be positions, whether it be about the new recruiting department, whether that be about coaching changes. You've had quite a couple of those. Matter of fact, we'll hear from Sark talking about coaching change. I think that's important, too. But before we uh, dive into some of the other audio from Sark, uh, let's hear from him talking about the biggest uh, piece of news that came out of his uh, recruiting department changes because now, not only have they promoted some, uh, some of these staff from within, they've also decided to uh, create a new position uh, general manager position first time on the 40 acres we've had a general manager uh here at the university of texas and sark was asked exactly what role what's the uh, responsibility does the general manager play
2: for the university of texas sure well i, I think one thing you know when, when i came on board brandon was i, I believe like an offensive analyst and you know, you're trying to assess the current staff. You're trying to assess who we bringing in. And Brandon and I just kind of hit it off. I don't know if it was the quarterbacks in us. You know, we were kind of speaking the same language. Um, uh, his, his perception of players uh, I thought was, was very impressive for a young guy. His perception of character I thought was very impressive for a young guy. Um, you know, his, his ability to communicate – I thought w- was was really incredible, and it was a guy that we've just grown. Our relationship has grown over three years now, um, and so I felt like the time was right for him to assume this role. Uh, I, I think so many times in football, in college football, you used to always be director of player personnel, and that's fair, and that's what John Michael got elevated to that role, when you're really assessing talent, looking at talent, looking at your roster and things of that nature, but a general manager is so much more now. Uh, when you when you start talking about transfer portal, you start talking about NIL, you start talking about you know relationships with players, you start talking about r- really managing the roster at a little bit of a higher level. I wanted to make sure that I had somebody in that role that that I was connected to on, a, on another level and I think my time with Brandon has allowed me to do that I think he thinks a lot like me which is important um, as much as you know I, I, I try to you know kind of Oversee it all. I want to make sure if I can't be in a meeting that that somebody's thinking and speaking on my behalf that is on the same wavelength as me. And uh, I just couldn't be more excited. I, I think he's a, a rock star in our profession, um, and he's going to be he's going to be in high level roles for a long time. A rock star in our profession. And I think it's interesting that
3: basically Sark just said that he and Brandon Harris, they vibe. They, they're like-minded. They see football. They see the football world the same way, and that's important. That's probably why he ends up getting the general manager job, even though I guess John Michael Jones had been there for longer um, and took over the player director of player personnel role, had been there longer. Um, seems like Sark just wanted somebody in those meeting rooms, like he just said, that sees football the way he sees it, and that, that's like-minded to him. And I think I love what he said about he judges character well. I mean, that's part of recruiting, right? Sark's big on the culture of this team. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want anything to interrupt like the organic, uh, organic growth of the culture. He talks about culture a ton and a, a lot of culture. I was even told this by Mike Shanahan, uh, the elder Shanahan. Culture is about character. Culture is about character of human beings. If you just individually make sure that you're bringing in high quality character human beings at every level of your team, whether it be in the front office or whether that be talent acquisition or whether it be the coaching staff, he said, honestly, the culture will take care of itself. That was his belief. And I kind of I, I believe that. But you've got to be very meticulous in who you're bringing into your program, which is we even heard Jeff Banks say this during um, the first early signing period now because that was the actual signing day, even though it doesn't have uh, the same uh, – it doesn't really have the same cachet as it once did. But remember, Jeff Banks said, we look for signs. We're looking for signs. We bring in players. Signs are respect. Signs, they respect the game, respect the locker room, uh, respect their coaches, he said that's what they're looking for. If they don't see those signs, then there's a good chance that they're not bringing a, a really good player in that a lot of the fans think that they should be recruiting this guy or that Texas needs this guy. He said it's probably because we haven't seen enough of the signs with that player. And what he said about I think Brent Harris is Brent Harris is really good at diagnosing and identifying those characteristics of high-quality uh, football character. All right, so let's get into this other uh, cut here because I think – You know, Sark has talked about the coaching changes, but you you got two coaching changes so far with Johnny Nansen. You got a new defensive line coach in Kenny Baker. Here is Sark talking about the coaching changes on the 40 acres this offseason.
2: You know, uh, one thing we're really proud of here and going into year four. I've had the same, same coordinators on our football team for, for now going into four straight seasons, whether it's Pete Wieckowski, Kyle Flood, Jeff Banks. And, and that's, that's critical for stability and continuity on your staff. I've had the same strength coach now, Tori Beckton going for four years. So I think that's big for our players. Uh, but naturally with success comes opportunities for for other coaches okay and 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 naturally we're, we're trying to find the best coaches uh, that fit us culturally but also um, that can develop players, that have proven to develop players, and that can recruit at a high level. So to bring in Johnny Nansen from Arizona, uh, who was their defensive coordinator at Arizona in a heck of a turnaround that they had last season, Um, a guy that has worked with me in the past at Washington and USC is is a huge addition for us. Uh, And then to go identify Kenny Baker uh, from the Miami Dolphins to come and coach the defensive line, Uh, a guy that every person I call to, to ask about can't rave Enough about um, the quality of coach that he is, the way he can relate to the players, and and be be demanding, but yet still relate to them, so that they can continue to grow. And whether you want to call Mike McDaniel, Chris Greer, all all of guys that I respect in the profession, uh, couldn't be more excited to have Kenny on board uh, for for what he's for what he I think is going to bring to us, not only on the field, but also from a recruiting ranks. Uh, There you go, Coach, talking about the uh, coaching changes on the 40 acres. Um,
3: And there's one other cut I thought was really interesting. There's a bunch of really good stuff here. We don't have time to play everything. But Sark was asked particularly about his culture, which he is really proud of, and he has championed a lot of his culture, helping him win games last season, right? The types of having goal line stands on defense, clutch uh, clutch, clutch receptions to, to close out a game uh, on offense, like with, uh, with A.D. Mitchell, right? Or the way you ended the Bama game on the road, being able to choke Bama out with your run game. You know, those are, those are cultural wins for Sark. You see, he, he really does pride himself on this, the culture that he has established, helping him win some of those games in clutch time. He was asked, how do you still um, – how are you going to make sure that that culture still persists, that culture still exists when you've lost a lot of your what I call culture bearers? You lost Jay Witt. You know, uh, JT Sanders is one of those guys. JT Sanders is going to be gone. Um, he was one of your guys. I mean, X-Man is one of those guys. Jalen Ford was one of those guys. Murphy, Sweat, these are all guys who really were your culture bearers throughout the season, made those clutch plays. Here's starting talking about how that culture uh, still, even with guys leaving, um, it is still will be the focal point of the program.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think that that's big. You know, I, I think complacency is is like – the devil man i mean i i just i i cannot afford anybody in our building to feel like we've arrived right because this is a new team and this team now has to develop their culture this team has to develop their strengths this team i have to identify their weaknesses and and how we can improve upon those things we are fortunate though to have a Quinn Ewers back, to have a Jake Majors back, to have a Kelvin Banks back, to have a Alfred Collins back, to have a Maurice Blackwell back, to have a a Barron back, to have a uh, oh David Benda back. I mean, we, we've got a lot of players who have been with us now for two and three years that really – get our culture right. I mean, it, it's ingrained in them. Now it's their responsibility to get that ingrained in these 30 new players, right? As much as it's the coaches, man, it's way more impactful when it comes from, you know, the leaders on the team. And so that, that's always the challenge of empowering those guys and then and them taking responsibility of it and then growing this team into the team that we want to have as quickly as possible.
3: There you go. So he's just uh hoping that the guys who have been waiting their turn to be a coach of Bearer that they take advantage of the opportunity.
1: Good stuff right there, Rod. That is awesome. And that's you know, that's is as, as important as talent is is the chemistry and the, the leadership is is just as important. Mm-hmm. Uh it really is. Yep. And, and and you know, one of the things we'll be watching for this year with all the returning production and seventy percent returning plus really big portal acquisitions and coaching continuity. You know, we go back to that uh, Bobby Bowden quote we talked about a lot. It's a good quote. You know, you, you take your lumps in year one, you get a little bit better in year two, year three, you start winning close games. And mm-hmm. year four, if you're doing it right, you start stretching out and winning by, yep. by big margins.
3: It's like you, you what, what say, you say? You lose big, all right, then you lose close, then you win close, then you start winning big. Yes. And Sark was at the win close phase last year. So yeah. this should be the win big phase where you are closing out opponents and you're actually not blowing teams out, but you're winning by a considerable margin. Um, and that's what that's he, right. I think he's looking for this that's season. Right. Yeah, yeah. Not and that of A trying to case state. Well, trying to think TCUs. about this year. We <laughs> have
1: to remind people, but the, you know, there were a lot of close wins, yeah. but the two losses were very close, right? Last play plays against Oklahoma and Washington. Well,
3: you had other, You had a goal line defensive stand. Well, that's twice. What I'm saying you even yeah. a lot of your
1: wins were close. Yeah, close exactly. wins And your two close losses. Yeah. The hope is next year, as you continue to grow this culture and build what mm-hmm. you're about, and talk. You said it, you know, complacency is the devil. Um, it's it's about you know stretching that out and starting to play four quarters of great football with uh, the scene with a, with a uh, the veteran quarterback who's made 22 starts and a veteran offensive line.
0: Good stuff there behind the burnt orange curtain with Rob Babers playing some clips. We will play more from Sark's uh, presser yesterday. Uh, in the 5 o'clock, we'll continue to get to your text through the 5 o'clock, and we'll get to your text messages when we come back here uh, on the next segment here on the Sports Complex. Uh, if you guys want to talk some Super Bowl, throw that in there. We'll talk a lot more Super Bowl tomorrow, too. Uh, we'll, see if, we'll see if we can put some space into it uh, in the 5 o'clock for you as well. Uh, we'll keep talking NBA trade deadline, your thoughts on that, and the poll of the day today. Which Longhorn freshman will make the biggest impact next season? Keep sending those in. 512 447 3776 is the text line. We'll come back with some text uh, right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and HornFM.com.
1: The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis for the Horn.
0: Back at the Sports Complex here on the horn on a Thursday afternoon playing artists who have played the Super Bowl halftime show all week long until we get to a 512 Friday tomorrow. Of course Tom Petty, one of the best halftime shows as well. Just Tom Petty's always awesome. So good to watch that. Uh, let's get to the text line. 512-447-3776 talking NBA, talking college basketball, talking NFL, talking Super Bowl, talking Texas football. And asking you the poll of the day, which Longhorn freshman will make the biggest impact next season. Let's get to some of those talks. Uh, Texas says, overrated Pat Beverly needs to retire already. You know what I don't like about this, Texas Because you're going to make me defend Patrick Beverly, and I don't want to. I don't want to defend that man. Because I want him to go away, too. I don't. I, if I never heard from him again, I'd be a happier person. But I will say, I don't think he's overrated because I don't think he's really that rated. So I think he's where he is. Be, you know, it's he's a tough guy. He's gonna go out there. He's gonna work his butt off for you. He's gonna be the energy guy. And and I think the reality of Philadelphia saying, well, we probably don't necessarily need that mentality right now. Uh, as we where you know, without Embiid, we you know, you're gonna try and take over the locker room a bit more. Maybe we'll move on from that. Maybe you're not happy with being here, which he doesn't seem to be happy with many places he goes because of playing time he gets and, and other guys get out there. But for for mil, uh, for mil Milwaukee, when you're trying to get a little bit more defensive edge, one of the reasons that they wanted to bring in Doc Rivers was to try and get more effort on both sides of the court. We know Dame Lillard is not a defensive threat, so maybe you bring him in to shake things up on the defensive end. Maybe they cut him too. Who knows? But I would believe that it could be something where they say, you know, let's try this, and we'll see. I think if he busts out in Milwaukee – uh, it ends him being the guy on any teams that are going for championships because if you can't make it on the 76ers and then you can't make it on the Bucks, I don't know how many other teams are going to give you that shot and a lot of playing time uh, to go do it, but I won't say overrated just because I don't think he's really that highly rated. I think we all just think of Pat Bedfordly's biggest moments are injuring other players and celebrating a play and win like he won the championship. Those two things are what I think of when I think of Pat Beverly, and that's not exactly what you want to be thought of uh, for a career as long as he has had in the NBA. Uh, Jimmy the Gringo says, I meant to ask you this yesterday afternoon, but completely got caught up with my kids. Good good excuse. Good excuse. Uh, Patrick, why were the Iowa State coaches shirts so tight on Tuesday night when they played the Longhorns? Much appreciated. Uh, Jimmy, I don't know. I could not tell you. Uh, I'm not a part of the Iowa State fashion team. I didn't notice it. Uh, but I'm guessing they are. And look, I you know, I'm not a tight shirt wearing guy, even if I was in shape, but as a big guy, I'm definitely not a tight shirt wearing guy. I never thought, you know what? Uh I don't think anybody ever wanted to see how much pudding someone could fit in a bag, in a in a grocery bag, and just that's what that's what I look like in a tight shirt. So I don't do that. Uh but I guess if you got it it, that's what they're going for. You know, I'm I'm guessing there's it's Iowa. It doesn't feel like Iowa has a lot of guys who can pull off a, a tight shirt. Maybe they are Maybe maybe the you know potatoes make you strong. I don't know, maybe the corn makes you strong. It's corn there, right? Idaho's potato. Iowa's corn, right? Did I get that right? <laughs> I don't know my offensive stereotypes of states, uh, but I don't know Jimmy. I don't know, my man. Father Rimes says that was an extremely concise and complete breakdown of the trade deadline. I appreciate that. We'll have that up on the podcast page. If you missed it, you can go check out. I tried to make it quick for you. I know not everybody's a huge basketball fan. We can talk about it on the text line if you want. Uh, and it also says it's got to be uh, Xavier and me coming up big next season. Yes, in that safety position. I know Muko- uh, Muko- Mukubu. Sorry, Mukuba. Uh, Mukuba will be coming in as well. He'll be a big part of it. Uh, but, uh, you know, feels to me, you're going to need that rotation. They did rotate a lot early in the season, and Sark has talked about uh, needing to rotate players a lot uh, to try and make it through that, what, 15, 16, 17 games you may be playing with the new playoff. If you can keep getting further and further in, you're going to need to rotate early and get guys playing time. Uh, so I, I agree that he's going to definitely get some because that safety room looks a little thin, and they need to help out in that secondary for sure. Uh, right guy from New Mexico says, I think it'll be a toss up between Colin Simmons and Kobe black. Both are going to be stars in the future, if not next year, but my hot take will be Kern, our new punter get his leg. I liked that. I think Kern, I think for me, I, I would say, uh, both those uh, Kobe black and Colin Simmons, both big picks. Colin Simmons, uh, going to be fun this year because I don't think he needs to be used all the time. He doesn't need to fit in everywhere, but he's situational. And if you use him situationally and you are able to put him in where he's in a winning position, Uh, That could be fun for him and he could make some big plays as someone who kind of gets in fearlessly on some plays and goes after the quarterback could be a good use for Colin Simmons next year, but we'll see what they do with him. And depending on what the health of the rest of the guys are and you know, you still have a Colton Vosick who's coming up in that Ethan Burke still there uh, some good players still on that line. All right, let's take a break real quick. Here at the top of the hour, we'll come back, get to more text messages, and get into some Sark Presser. We may talk some of the Super Bowl as well. Whatever you guys want to talk about, hit us up on the text line, 512-447-3776. We'll be right back on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.